Hi, a very warm welcome, everybody. This is uh, episode uh, 27 of In Focus. That's uh, Focus Right and Focus Wires uh, Weekly. We're pretty much back to weekly now, podcast, where we, uh, where we get a guest in, or in this week's case, two guests, but from the same company, uh, to chat about some interesting things that they've been doing and then just cover some of the bits and pieces that are going on at Focus Right and Focus Wire this particular week. As you might have guessed, it's November, but it's a particularly crazy time for us here uh, because our conference, our annual big global conference t- starts next week and we'll come into that uh, uh, later on. So uh, it's a big week for us next week, but it's uh, a big, uh, actually today, it's actually Tuesday the 3rd today. This doesn't come out until later on in the week, but it, the small matter of the US election uh, takes place, which is kind of interesting and good timing for our guests uh, on this week's episode of In Focus because uh, we're speaking to uh, two reps, uh, not just representatives, the CEO, that's uh, uh, Steve uh, Domin and Tyler Trevotola, who is going to be heading up Duffel's expansion into the US. Uh, he's actually talking to us, as is Steve, from uh, from London, where Duffel is actually based. But uh, Steve and uh, uh, Tyler are joining me. So thank you ever so much, uh, Steve and Tyler, for joining us on In Focus this week. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Kevin. Okay, right. So uh, the reason why we got you on, uh, for many reasons, actually, just uh, a good time to kind of catch up and things. But uh, Duffel is expanding. And with excellent coincidence with what's happening today in the US, uh, Duffel is actually going to be uh, expanding to the US uh, for the first time. That's going to be headed by what? Headed by Tyler. What title have they given you, Tyler, for this this expansion plan? Yeah, for now, I'll just be a growth lead for the U.S. market, um, more broadly covering growth uh, globally as well. Okay, right. So, uh, Steve, if we can. Now, I think it's fair to say that Duffel has done things um, fairly unconventionally in that uh, the company was founded in 2017, but no one really knew what the hell you were doing for a long time. And you were raising money before you'd even launched anything, which... It's fairly, I think, unconventional, as I say. So for those that are still unaware of what Duffel is and what you're trying to do, just give us a, you know, a couple of minutes kind of overview, Steve, if you can, of what Duffel is. Yeah. So at the very basic level, uh, Duffel is uh, a provider of APIs for the travel industry and specifically, um, specifically airlines. Mm-hmm. So um, if you think about... Um, some of the things that have happened in the, the payments or telecom space recently where uh, you have new entrants, uh, API providers, uh, new entrants like Twilio or Stripe in payments, played in financial services. Um, Duffel is doing something similar, but for travel. So we're really trying to democratize access to uh, travel, uh, travel content. And you, you raised money before you'd even launched officially, hadn't you? I mean, how did, um, how much was that, was that initial kind of round and how did you, I, I'm, I'm always quite interested the, the power of the persuasive ways that startups have of being able to raise money before they've even actually launched anything. So give on, you know, give us some background on how that actually happens, Steve. Yeah, so we, we raised uh, $56 million across three rounds um, and in 18 months or something like that. And, uh, we, I mean, we're attacking a, a huge problem and a, and a huge market. Um, the, the kind of existing providers in that space have been around for decades, many, many decades. And 
uh, we have a lot to catch up on. So uh, we're investing heavily in engineering and we knew from the get-go that uh, it was going to take a long time to get to the point where the product was going to be mature enough for uh, people to use it. And um, yeah, just there was no, no reason to be too... Um, to um, explicit about what we're doing uh, until we were ready. Okay, maybe we'll come back to that in a minute. But let's talk to you know what's what's going on at the moment and and uh, you know <laughs> unless anyone's had their head buried in the sand for the last uh, ten months, you know we we are still in the middle of a global health pandemic and all those kind of things. But Duffel is uh, going to launch its first um, office and. You know, spearhead its operations over in the US, which is going to be fronted, as you said, Tyler, by yourself. I mean, what was the reason? I, I, I don't know who wants to jump in and explain here. What was the reason for going for that market, first of all? Steve, I'm happy to take this one. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. It is a, a tough time right now to think about launching a market, um, particularly during the pandemic. But I think we have a few things going for us uh, in our favor. And um, you know, one of them being the fact that we actually have seen continued investment on the airline side of the business. Um, even over the last six months, we've continued to grow our number of airline partnerships. And we believe now is a time to accelerate the growth on the other side of the market, uh, the demand side, what we would call the travel sellers mm-hmm. um, in the U.S. market. So uh, for us, you know, we see it as an opportunity, I think, to your point on what makes the U.S. interesting and why is that our next market? Uh, I'd say it's a fact, three factors, really. Um, for one, it's the sheer size of the market. Yeah. Um, I think in 2019, you know, did about 27% of travel agency sales came out of the U.S. Um, so for us, incredibly strategically important um, to have a presence in that market. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, to the airline partnerships piece, we have a strong network already. Um, we have American Air, United, um, WestJet and Air Canada, and then a few others who are coming on soon who we won't mention, but large players uh, in the America space. So it's time for us, we think, to go and accelerate on the demand side and bring more value to those partners um, as we look to that market. Are there other, you know, for fear of, Steve, you giving away your strategic goals for the next 18 months, but are there other kind of geographies that you would say are at a similar stage in their evolution of what you want to do as the US is? I mean, the Middle East is one that come, comes to mind because you know Emirates is a particularly kind of vocal player about wanting to rethink distribution, as it were. Yeah, so, I mean, we've been, uh, we've been pretty active in the, in the Middle East. Uh, we recently launched Emirates um, and uh, we have, uh, we have uh, Qatar Airways coming on board very soon as well. Um, I, I guess an, another market that's very strategic for us is Australia as well. Um, there's like lots of similarities with the US, uh, strong domestic growth at the moment, um, very, very large travel market overall. Uh, so we've been investing, uh, we've been investing there as well. Okay. So um, who would you say, uh, regardless of whether you've gone into the US or not, but who would you say are, are, the, are the, the big competitors that you are going up against when you talk to airlines and other potential partners for Duffel? I mean, so for the airlines, the, obviously the, the, the obvious competitors are the GDS. Uh, and to a certain extent, um, when we look solely at NDC, uh, players like Travel Fusion also come come back very often. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we 
we're approaching things in a in a slightly different way in that we were very travel seller centric so um i would say that a lot of the players in in distribution today or have been built around the airlines and are on and are um kind of helping uh, the airlines push their product out whereas we haven't seen that investment on the travel seller space that enabled the consumption of that content like in a very easy way and that's why we're investing a lot in apis and we want to make it dramatically easy for travel sellers to consume that content that the, the airlines are pushing out. And, and we, see, we see that there is a gap in the market today for that. Uh, so the, 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 the GDS, I think, and Travel Fusion to an extent are, are, are not uh, necessarily solutions that are very easy to deploy. And we're, we're trying to, to change that. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I've been covering NDC ever since, you know, IATA started talking about it probably seven or eight years ago now and you know I, I i think it would be fairly fair to say that its progress is kind of like this they have you know you have a rapid deployment of ndc type apis and technology and processes by some airlines and then it goes a bit lukewarm and then kind of it picks up again in spite of where we are this year with, you know, as we say, a global health pandemic, what would you say is the, the kind of what phase are we in for the deployment and the use of NDC as a, as a, as a key distribution standard? I think from the airline's perspective, we're definitely in an acceleration phase. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing um, more and more um, project NDC project at airline uh, starting getting into the 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 kind of large regional uh, players like we obviously a lot of the large international and yep. flag carriers have NDC projects but now it's starting to kind of go down the chain and we're seeing more and more uh, smaller airlines also looking at at NDC so it's definitely in that acceleration phase on the on, on the airline side I think there's a lot of work that still needs to be done on on the on the travel seller side and and uh, and ac- on accelerating that adoption. Talk us through that a little bit then. I mean, when you when you say there's a lot of work to be done, is that because it's complex? Is it because they don't have that as a strategic goal, or is it something else? No, I think um, there's a combination of re- reasons. One is, yeah, it's it's complex to to mm-hmm. to to deploy. Uh, if you, especially if you don't have the the technical capabilities to do so yourself, then there's obviously a, a commercial angle that the airlines are very aware of. Uh, we've seen the 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 recent programs announced by Singapore Airlines and Agen and around uh, and around the NDC surcharge or GDS surcharges uh, that uh, that are not applied on NDC content or differentiated content that are, that are coming through these channels as well. And um, for a lot of travel agents, that's like one good reason to move to NDC, um, the, the, this commercial side. And then um, some airlines are pushing further into the, the, the experience uh, side and like really sh- showing the power of NDC, for instance, uh, um, thinking about like Lufthansa with the, the continuous pricing announcement that they've made. Uh, this is really something that's um, that's driving things for us. And the more we will see that, the more there will be appetite for for travel sellers to connect into this content. Yeah. When you when you talk to when you talk to airlines, I mean, what what are the, some of the things that they say as being 
kind of barriers to them going all in. And then the reason why I say this is that, you know, Delta recently said um, it was uh, to quote, it was going to be pausing some of its NDC development, which I think surprised a number of people. Um, but just kind of give us your perspective on that. I mean, like I, I can't speak to to Delta's reason. We we don't um, we don't have a very like strong relationships with them. But um, and for the airlines, adoption and and tooling on the travel seller side is one of the big gap today. Uh, knowing uh, what's missing in the API that they offer in order for the travel agents to switch, so there is like some kind of communication layer here that that that's missing and. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, 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 the commercial, the commercial discussions are always like a sticking point, I think. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's not leave uh, Tyler out of this uh, for any longer. I mean, we'll come back to you for a second now in my, um, in my, in my research of finding out a little bit more about you. I mean, you were at Uber for three years during uh, a particularly important part of their kind of growth. What did you learn from your time at Uber that you think, can help you when you're, you know, spearheading the, you know, the expansion of uh, Duffel into into the U.S. Sure. So I spent, uh, yeah, as you say, about three and a half years at Uber. Um, a broad part of the end of that was actually launching uh, the Middle East and, and Africa markets, yeah. um, where obviously different than the U.S. But I started in the U.S. and I think, uh, you know, this is B two B versus B two C. But I think a lot of the lessons still apply on trying to balance out the supply and demand. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think we've, we've done a great job of building up that supply side already in the U S and now it's about trying to understand, you know, there's multiple different types of sellers we could approach at this point to try to bring them on. Um, and, you know, I know you, you know, asked where we're going to the market on that side. Um, so you have traditional travel agent players, right. But you also could go for sort of these new travel sellers, as we like to call them, um, which is sort of a longer tail of players that in some way could sell flights through their platform, whatever that might look like. And I think there's a lot of lessons I learned at Uber on how to segment the market, how to go to market and with different growth strategies, target each group of customers um, and bring them on the platform. And I think that over the next few months, as we think about the U.S. strategy, I'll be able to deploy some of those learnings from Uber um, and attack various segments of the market as we move forward. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, Steve, I mean, as we we talked about at the beginning there, I mean, you did so much work behind, you know, a, a single homepage with very little for the likes of us in the in the media to kind of get a sense of what the what what you were up to, which uh, which I'm sure as as you, <laughs> we're talking on camera here and you're smirking away there, which must have been quite quite interesting. As I say, it was terribly frustrating for us in the press. But I mean, in that initial kind of phase when you were kind of in a, a stealth mode, you know, you hadn't come from an existing travel brand, but you were doing something that was so, um, or you were, you know, your idea was to try and really change something that's so ingrained in the way, you know, airline distribution is, is managed and has been managed, as you said at the beginning for decades by some very, very powerful kind of players. Did you in those first year and a half or so, often put your head in your hands and think my god this is crazy the way it's done or or was there something else i mean did you how did you kind of feel about that initial kind of phase of trying to tackle what you'd obviously set out to try and do i mean yeah there, there's uh 
I can say that every day was probably like this. So I was like, <laughs> why? Why is it done this way? Uh, but I think part of the part of the thing that you have to do when you're entering a new industry or new market, which which was my case, is really study um, why it came to be this way and like understand the reason that that led it to be built in uh, in the way it is today. And uh, so why there was a lot of um, of um, tears almost when uh, looking at the complexity of the of the industry um, there, there was also uh, there was also um, uh, an appreciation for for how it's been built and, and how it came together yeah now I'm still like super optimistic that we can uh, improve the way things are done and that's why uh, that's why we, we started Duffel. I think there's a tremendous opportunity for or simpli- simplifying things and that's one of the things we're trying to achieve with uh, Duffo. And you know you, you have raised a fair amount of money as you said I think it's 56 I think you said something at the beginning there uh, um, uh, Steve I mean how do you, you you talked about you know how you managed to get the money but I mean what what do you do with that now because you're not consumer facing obviously so you don't have to <laughs> spend it all on marketing money but I mean is it mostly on engineering or is uh, how do you kind of figure out how to um, divide so much um, investment capital yeah i mean the bulk of it goes to engineering resources uh the we've we've tripled our team uh so far in in 2020 so Mm -hmm. we're we're trying to to really grow on that side of the business and um as you can imagine there is a a very large number of airlines that we need to work with and to to integrate in our platform and um and this is changing and uh, other systems that we connect into are also changing. And so we need to keep, keep up to date. So it's not just about uh, adding new airlines, but also maintaining what we have. Airlines are keen to push new products and that also requires uh, engineering time. So yeah, it's all a massive investment in the, in the engineering side of the company. And, and, and last of all, really, I mean, I don't know who wants to uh, speak to this. I mean, we've said a couple of times now, you know, this is not, this isn't an ordinary year for everybody, whether you're, whether you're just people or whether you're brands or whether you're, you know, software companies like yourselves or whether you are an airline or a seller. I mean, when you're talking to potential partners, are you getting a sense that, um, that they still want to go ahead with some of these kind of strategic goals that would have been in place earlier on this year before everything happened i mean some of them are just trying to get their planes back in the air for, you know for example i mean how are you how are you kind of um and dealing with some of the the, the the complexity of this recovery process at the same time as trying to sell the products sure i can take it from the travel seller side briefly mm-hmm. i think um on that side of the business you know you have seen a reduction in say funding for what we'd call the new travel sellers. And so, and at first we thought, you know, there will be less people reaching out, but I think what I've seen through, through initial calls is the people that do have the funding and the people that do have the ability to make it through this, they're actually looking for what's the way they can invest in their business now so that when they come out of the pandemic, we can build back better together and, and get to a place where they're actually able to drive additional revenue streams and actually grow their business um, in a different way than they would have even before the pandemic. And so, on my end, we're actually seeing more people reaching out today um, and interested in figuring out how they can diversify their business, how they can invest in technology. Um, and for me, it's a it's been a great opportunity to to get to know new businesses. And I hope that you know as we expand in the U.S., more people reach out. 
um, to duffel. Okay. Right. Um, thank you very much, uh, Stephen Tyler. We'll be back with you in a, in, in a second. So just um, some housekeeping that we always go through here at the end of In Focus. As I said right at the beginning, it's a it's a tremendously busy couple of weeks for us at Focus Right and Focus Wire, not least because the Focus Right conference starts next week. So just uh, for those of you that criminally haven't got a ticket yet, here are some of the things that are lined up. So uh, Tuesday, uh, November 10 is the uh, the Young Leaders Summit. We have our diversity and leadership event on Wednesday 11. And then on Thursday, November the 12th, that's our innovation summit. That's, so that's summit and launch. That's where uh, startups and both existing companies will present to what are known as our dragons, uh, their particular idea or their new startup. And then after that, uh, the following week, uh, taking place on the uh, 17th, 18th, 19th, is our center stage, which is the flagship part of the event where we get the, the great and the good of the industry to uh, sit on panels and do keynote interviews and all those kind of things. So as I say, if you haven't got a ticket, that's uh, focus, uh, conference.com. There are still some available for those of you that hadn't realized yet. It's obviously not in person this year. It's not going to be in Arizona. I'd be flying out there this weekend. If it was, I'm still stuck here in the UK, like Steve and Tyler are at the moment. Uh, but yes, it's all online and that all begins next Tuesday. As I said, that's focusrightconference.com. So uh, once again, thanks so much uh, to Steve and Tyler. Really appreciate your time. Best of luck, Thank Tyler, so with the opening of the office and um, heading back to the US, uh, a hot country in more in more ways than one um, as this week develops. But all the best, Steve and Tyler. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Great to, great to okay. be here. Okay, great stuff. So uh, if you're not a subscriber to InFocus, you can do so by going to all the usual places. That's uh, iTunes. Uh, Spotify, Amazon, Alexa, Google Podcasts and everything. Uh, give us a nice review and subscribe to the podcast. You'll get that in your inbox every every Friday. Uh, Friday it definitely is. So uh, thanks ever again to Steve and Tyler from Duffel and obviously thanks ever for tuning in. We'll see you next time.